ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm your host, Storm Wade, alongside co-host Alex Reno. Reno, how you feeling this beautiful, beautiful day outside? Feeling really good. Perfect, man. We, uh, we got the lights turned down low here down in the IMAX studio where we're recording. Uh, it is Saturday, actually, October 21st, when we are recording this, uh, Thank you for all of the stories that have been sent in to us. We are getting them up on the show. We probably probably will have one more episode like that. Maybe, maybe, uh, depending on how many stories come in at the very end. But we, I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up as far as the caller stories or listener stories, whatever you want to call it. So really excited to get this episode out. I will... Uh, You'll hear my story at the end of this also. You heard Reno's on the first episode, <clears throat> and that was outstanding. And now you get to hear mine at the end of this in terms of paranormal experiences. Now, we have six listener stories today, not including mine. And uh, two of them actually are po- podcasters and YouTube channel runners and stuff like that. So we'll make sure that you get involved with their stuff. Um, the other ones are, are, are fans of the show, listeners, good friends, family, things like that, and their stories are just as important. We want to make sure everybody gets their due diligence. And we have really, really enjoyed this format. Of course, the first Halloween episode, uh, Halloween episode we put out is now number one on our listening chart. It's overtaking it. So, congratulations, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, oh, hold on, I got this. Okay, so, with that being said, um, we're going to dive straight into this because we have a lot to cover, and I'm just really, really excited. So, starting off, we're going to have Stephanie from the Killer Kind podcast. Now, Stephanie uh, has a podcast, like I said, Killer Kind, that talks about true crime, for all you true crime junkies out here, and she has actually been on this show before with Allison. They did a kind of a duo true crime episode, and it is actually in our top five most listened episodes. So she has a strong following. We really, really enjoy having her on the show. Uh, I've listened to her podcast every week. It's always great. And she actually just did a Slender Man episode in terms of true crime. So if you haven't subscribed and listened to her, make sure you go to... The Killer Kind with Stephanie Miller, and give her a follow, a review, all that stuff, and listen to her. She's a she does a lot of research. She knows her crap, and we really enjoyed having her on the show. So without further ado, here she is. Hey, I've got a story for you. So a couple months ago, my husband and I are getting ready for bed, and we tell each other good night, and we both roll over. So I'm laying there, and it always takes me a while to fall asleep. My husband can fall asleep in I mean, less than a minute. It's a joke in our house. (laughs) So I'm laying there and you know, when you sort of doze off and kind of like jump or kind of like pop up and you're like, I hadn't been asleep more than two seconds. (laughs) So that sort of thing happened to me. So I'm laying there, kind of doze off and then I come back to, but when I come back to, I feel something or somebody laying directly up against me like like spooning me basically and the way I'm laying my back is to the wall I'm fairly close to the edge of the bed and I'm looking at my husband with his back to me so 
we're laying both facing the same direction. So I know it's not my husband behind me. And it just doesn't make sense. So I'm laying there. But then I notice I can't move. And I can't even really talk. It's like the, my mouth was propped open just a little bit. And that's as much as I could speak. I couldn't open my mouth anymore. And I was trying to say help. So I was trying to call out to my husband. I was saying, help me, help me, help me. And on the third help me, I hear the most deep guttural growl directly in my left ear. I have never heard anything like it in my life. And it's almost like whatever this thing was had their mouth up against my ear. Like it was that close and that real. Like I could almost feel the breath. And it scares the crap out of me, obviously, but I still can't move, can't speak. So I close my eyes super tight and just hope that it goes away. And I end up falling asleep. And it's gone when I wake up, which was only about an hour or so later. And then, needless to say, I couldn't sleep the rest of the night once I realized what happened. Look, I've had scary dreams before. I've had pretty realistic dreams before. But I always know that they're dreams. This is is nothing like a dream. It could have been, I'm sure. I'm, you know, I don't want to be that person that says, oh, this wasn't a dream. I hope that it was because it's so real that it terrified me. I mean, I wasn't able to sleep for, I mean, a long time. It was very hard for me to have my back turned, that's for sure. So I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Hope and pray to God this never happens again, but it's very, very weird. So, Hope you can use it. Hope you like it. Thanks. All right. So, Steph coming out swinging, getting spooned by a demon. <laughs> you know, it's funny that she talked about hearing like a growl because um, Courtney's dog did the same thing last night. Uh, he, he, he made like a little growl or I don't know what it was, but sometimes he growls at me. Sometimes he even attacks me because I, I think he forgets who I am. I don't know. But, uh. Anyway, I, I just, I heard a last night, and I was like, Bear, I hope that's you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to roll over to look. I'm not going to roll over to look. God, please let it be. Bear. You know, the, I, I don't even have, I, I don't even have the, uh, I, I don't even have the uh, tools on my side of the bed to defend myself. Right. So I just got these hands. <laughs> these hands. Yeah. Well, if I was Steph, I would have probably been frozen in fear myself. Um, that is a terrifying story, Steph, and I'm really, really sorry you had to witness that. But I'm kind of intrigued at the same time because it made for a hell of a story and a hell of a start to the episode three of our Spooky Fest. Um, that's all I, I, I... The most terrifying part to me is I can picture it. I can almost picture... Uh, uh, an entity or something kind of spooning her, almost whispering in her ear in some sick way. That That's the vision I get, um, which is even more horrifying to me. Um, and, and like I said, for anyone who's just sitting there thinking, like, oh, it's just a dream, she's just sleep paralysis, blah, blah, blah. Um, she blatantly said, like, swore by it, that she's had dreams. This was not a dream. She was awake. She was alert. Um, and it was real, and I believe her. Um, so, Steph, outstanding start to the episode. Uh, I 
hope and pray that never happens to me because I would probably soil myself. So, Same. Same. <laughs> props to you for being an absolute beast. Yeah, yeah. And, and she is a beast, so make sure you guys go follow her true crime podcast for all you true crime junkies uh, at The Killer Kind. And let's move on to our next episode. Thank you. I'm here with Kent Palmer, and I've known Kent for about six or seven months. Now we've worked together for a little while, about that same time, and I'm glad to have him calling on the show this evening, and he's going to give us a few stories. I think they're all going to be a little different. Is that right, Kent? Indeed they are. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Perfect, perfect. Well, Kent, you know the format of the show, um, and my friend, I don't have to explain anything to you. You just have the floor and go at it. Well, all right, we're going to start with my grandmother's underground house. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a good one. Okay. So when we first moved in there, we had to remodel the whole place. Well, my bedroom that I had there was the back room in the corner on the, right, on the, on the left side of the house. But when we pulled the carpet up from my bedroom, in the concrete, the previous owners had carved a pentagram in the concrete. No so, way. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. We covered it up with some new carpet, and we got all settled in. Well, my aunt, she had serious stomach problems, had to have surgery. And my grandma went and stayed with her, so I had to stay down there by myself for pretty much almost two years. So the first incident that happened, I come out of my bedroom, me and Cherokee, because I had a little uh, chihuahua dog that stayed with me, a little black one. And me and her come walking down the hallway, and all of a sudden, there's a cross that my granny had on the side of the wall. It flew off the wall at me. and almost hit me. I dodged, and it hit the floor behind me. Scared the living crap out of me. I ran back to my room and got my gun and checked the whole house to make sure there wasn't no old intruders. So after that, you'd hear footsteps. You'd go look, and nobody would be there. Happened all the time, the footstep thing whole time I was there. Hmm. But other than that, it's pretty normal. <laughs> so a cross <laughs> flew across, the, flew down the hallway at you. Yes, it's like something out of the poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like, poltergeist activity. So so let me ask you this. I, I, I usually ask follow-up questions with everybody. Uh, so you felt this thing was evil? I felt like a eerie presence, and okay. it was cold. Okay. So it wasn't a warm, welcoming spirit no. that you could have just kind of cohabitated with. It wasn't, I wouldn't say necessarily evil, but it didn't necessarily want me there either. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Mm. All right. That cross is... <laughs> yeah, that cross was crazy. I'll never myself. forget that my whole entire life. That is the most crazy paranormal experience I've ever had. Yeah, I ever. would say that's a good one. <laughs> now, for our next story, my mom rented this house, had this piano in it, and late at night sometimes it would play by itself. And I'd go look and nobody would be there. Hmm. And the, 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 the thing that covers up the keys would be covered up, and it would still make noise. No so, way. And lights would turn on and off by themselves in that house. Eerie stuff. And it always felt cold, 
and I didn't want to be there. My mom stayed there for two months. She said she couldn't take it anymore and moved out. She said a week after she moved out, an electrical fire happened and the house burnt down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. So, all right, so now I'm going to ask you this. And we could, of course, we could go on forever about this, but do you think the f- that was something warning her to get out because there was a fire coming? Or do you think it's what caused the fire? I think it was a warning, okay. to be honest. Okay. That is wild. I mean, I, 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 that was the first thing that came to my mind was like, perfect time as she gets out of the house and then it burns down <clears throat> excuse me i was sitting there thinking like either a something was telling her you need to get out because something's gonna, gonna happen or b uh something tried to burn it down with her in it and missed an opportunity for it. you know what i'm saying uh yeah whoo that's spooky i got chills kent i got chills my friend <laughs> all right man onward to the next one all right, for our final story, this one's a little bit of a fun story. It ain't really, well, it was kind of scary for me. But um, this is going fishing in a tornado. Okay, sounds brilliant. So me and my buddy Brian, it's a Saturday night. We ain't got nothing to do. He lived off in the boonies. Well, I knew a storm was coming. We both did. And he was like, man, let's go fishing. So we went and hit the river on, on our, in our flat bottom boat. So we get out there fishing. We set some trot lines and stuff the day before last, and we're running all those. And I see all this lightning off in the distance. I'm like, Brian, you know, we might need to go back to the house. You know, your dad did say something about it could get bad. And Brian's like, no, nah, don't worry about it, man. We'll be fine. 45 minutes later, the wind's blowing at about 50, 60 miles an hour. Lightning is striking all over the place. We're in the middle of the river. The boat is full of water. Oh, man. Uh, it's a flat-bottom boat with the uh, the foam in it, so it won't sink. Right, right. And I'm sitting there with a five-gallon bucket dumping water out. <laughs> uh, the boat motor itself died. All we have is a trolling motor trying to get to the bank. And we finally reached the bank. And there was a dock there. I ran up the dock and looked. There was a old uh cabin there i went up there and the door was pretty much wide open so we went in there and sheltered for the storm and tree limbs were breaking wind was howling i don't know if it's tornado or not just to be honest but it, it seemed like one right <laughs> yeah so after the storm settled down me and brian's looking out there and we see flashlights boats going back and forth with searchlights and I'm like, Brian, that looks like a water patrol out there, man. We ain't got no boating license or any running lights. <laughs> I was like, we're staying right here. So we waited until they left and went to another area and started looking. We went out there. I got most of the water out of the boat, found a can of ether, sprayed it in the motor, got it going. We shot across the river up the slough, pulled our boat up on the bank, got in the truck, went home. Three o'clock in the morning, we're sitting there watching HBO. And... uh his dad comes walking in, uh, Ronnie. We called him Biggin because he's a big old dude. He's in the fire department. He's dressed up in full uh, gear, head to toe, rain gear. And he's, he pulls out his radio. He's like, all right. He's like, y'all can call off the search. He's like, I found the boys. They're oh, perfectly no. safe at home. 
And all these sirens started going off, where they started calling off different departments to go off to search. The Coast Guard was even involved. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, my yes. God. He called in everybody. That poor he guy was probably worried to death. That, that I could be dead because I went out fishing in the storm that he's got people out looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild, man. That is pretty wild. That's a funny story, dude. I like I that. I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, uh... I like that a lot. That's uh, y'all got. I'm glad y'all didn't get friggin' uh, killed or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was uh, stupid for us to do that, but it was a good time. How old were There's you when kid. this happened? Uh, probably sixteen. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see well, that now. One of our trot lines, we pulled it up, and there was a catfish on there as long as my leg. And I didn't have a dip net big enough to get it, and it got away. Oh, man. That would have been so worth it, dude, if you could have got yeah, that thing in there. <laughs> there. We had a whole bucket of live minners that fell over in the boat while it was flooded, so there's live minners swimming around in there and all kinds of stuff. So y'all were y'all were like one with the fish. Yes, yes, indeed we were. <laughs> that is awesome, dude. I love Fun story to end on. Uh, I like the variety. Um, I tell everybody on here, um, that calls in. Yeah, we got some dark stories. We got some some you know bright stories. Uh, I like a blend of both. You know, I like well, a blend I of I'd both. I thought I'd throw something a little bit more lighthearted and funny at the end there. There you go. Well, man, I really really enjoy it. Uh, we'll get you up on the next episode, and I really appreciate you calling in tonight. Kent, man, he brought three. Two really scary epic stories, and then one just really funny and just like, what are the chances? Great story kind of thing at the end there. Uh, what's your take on all this, Reno? Well, I enjoy the uh, the Conjuring Two action with the <laughs> w- with the uh, throwing crosses and everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good one. But I think my <laughs> the fishing story has got to be. It might be one of my top favorite stories that we've heard like this month. <laughs> uh, Cause let me tell you, there is nothing scarier than Water Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> you know from experience, dude. Uh, no, but <laughs> I know a few people. <laughs> uh, but uh, because <laughs> they uh, I, I don't know, like the 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 Water Patrol people, they they wake up extra ornery. They do. So, but yeah, uh, all, all those stories were good though. Like for real, um, I, I enjoyed those. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what really stuck out to me is, of course, you know, the pentagram coming in there when you pull out the car. That's just creepy in itself. Like that's already got you unsettled. The flying cross coming at your head is absolutely terrifying. There was something evil for sure in that place. Um, but the the one that was fascinating to me was the house fire. How how yeah. like just a little while after his mom moves out of the house, the house burns down, and that's that's where I was sitting there asking him like, do you think a that was a spirit or a ghost or whatever you want to call it, telling her trying to get her to get out of the house because it knew what was coming, and was trying to save her, or b do you think it was something preparing the fire and trying to take her out? God forbid, you know what I'm saying? That's what do you what what's your thoughts on that? So she gets really creeped out over time, decides to move, and then the house catches on fire uh, correct a short time after. 
You know, I like to think maybe, you know, maybe that was on purpose. Let's, you know, get get them out of the house mm. because it's going to go. Right. I, I like to be a little optimistic about this whole thing. That That's where I was, and that, that's where uh, Kent was, too, uh, because you want to think that. Now, it could be the other way. You know, it could be that yeah. entity or whatever missed an opportunity in its eyes, but I hope it's not that way. I hope it is... Uh, you know the first the first idea more optimistic maybe there is a little hope in this realm yeah you know it, it, it wouldn't hurt to have some hope but it, the thing about pentagrams like symbols for example I, I meant to say this earlier but if i move into a house and if i see i'm not big on stuff like that but if i was the first thing i'm doing if i find that in my house is i'm like i'm turning i'm turning it into something else <laughs> like I don't care if it's concrete or wood or whatever. I'm getting the the proper tools and I'm making another shape out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to be, you know, absolutely sure. Yeah, because uh, it, it's gonna. It would be on my mind. It'd be in the back of my mind a lot. Yeah, I, I would probably do it anyway, just to you know settle down some anxiety. Right. At the very least. Whether or not you fully believe in something like that, you still kind of it keeps you on edge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with you right there, Kent. Fantastic story. Thank you for coming on the show, buddy. And uh, I'll see you at work. Show we will have host of Alabama's most haunted YouTube channel and Facebook page, Mister Jonathan Gilbreth, and he has a fantastic outlook on several stories. And we are so excited to have him on the show. We are live here with my man Jonathan Gilbreth on the show. So glad to have him on the podcast. He has been an avid ghost hunter and paranormal enthusiast for 15 years. And uh, it is so nice to talk to him on the phone tonight and get a few of his personal stories. So Jonathan, welcome to the show, dude. You have the floor. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I do appreciate giving the opportunity to do this. Absolutely. Uh, especially during the time of year that we're, we're in right now, too. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, so I've had a, a few, you, you could say I've had a, a good, good many, many tales uh, that I could tell uh, tonight. Like so many, in fact, that I could probably write a, a book series mm. uh, just from all the places I've been. Like you said, I've been doing this for 15 years now. Uh, ever since uh, I was in high school, I've uh, been running around uh, since I saw uh, one of my friends who's a, a really close friend of mine. I saw him on TV. I was like, oh, shoot, I want to get into this. Mm-hmm. And uh, just had some sort of a weird connection to that, that side, too. My mother can tell you stories of when I was like three years old, just running around the house saying weird stuff to the thing in the corner. Oh, you know? boy. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> Very, very interesting, uh, interesting, I guess you could say interesting uh, experience I've had. Uh, one, one particular experience I had uh, was about, I'll say it was about six or seven years ago. Uh, there's this place uh, down in good old Parish, Parish, Alabama, this old church and cemetery. That's my, that's my alma mater. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, sir. Good old Parish. <laughs> yes, sir. Rest in yeah, peace, P Town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Sweet Prince. Go ahead, dude. Um, so there's a little place called High Hill. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with that area. Yeah, yeah. Place. 
Um, so I went there with, uh, I've been there a few times. I want to say before this one particular night, I, I want to say this was probably my third time, uh, at high hill. Uh, it was my friend's fourth time at high hill. And then my cousin's first time ghost hunting ever. Okay. We get to the place, we're driving around, looking at it, and, you know, trying to scare my cousin a little bit because he's skeptical. He's like, yeah, you guys are stupid. You guys going out doing this all night long when you can be, you know, playing video games or something. And we're mm-hmm. like, no, this is fun. We're trying to figure out what, what the unknown is and what best way to do it at the place that's, you know, active. Mm-hmm. I heard tales about this place, uh, one of them being that uh, some satanic worshipers came in and uh tried to call upon beelzebub really uh, heard, yes heard uh stories of there's this one guy that came in and he sprinkled uh flour on the floor and he came back the very next night and there was hoof prints all on the floor and stuff <laughs> so we were yeah we were telling my cousin this stuff he was not getting freaked out like i said he it, it wasn't budging like he 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 was like, oh, that's a cool little tombstone there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we decided, you know what? We're going to go inside the church. We're going to see if we can get something going on there that you know will make him believe. Maybe a, a whisper, maybe a footstep, maybe something that you know the typical stuff that you get on a ghost hunt that mm-hmm. you can't debunk, but there is a possibility that it could have been a tree creaking. But the, I mean, a tree saying hello there. I, I doubt a tree could creak like that, you know. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so we were hoping for that type of stuff. We uh, we go in, go to the uh, where the podium is on the church, and the way the church is, it's one of those old, like, I want to say, like, 1950s-style churches where they have, like, the two side rooms where the choir usually sits. Yeah, and yeah, And then they yeah. have the main room. Mm-hmm. So it's just one big open room, basically. Uh. We were at the podium, and my friend decides that he wants to start asking uh, questions. And there's this uh, way that you can ask a question where you can do yes or no answers using a candle light. Okay. From my understanding, the way it works is whoever's talking, they have to light the candle. Then they they have to blow out the candle as well, and they can. There are only ones that can touch the candle. So my friend was the one that brought the candle. He said. I'll be the one that will risk it because, you know, at that point you, you can open up yourself and let something in that could be bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a little bit unexperienced at the time. Now I'm very experienced and I know that do's and don'ts right. uh, to this type of stuff. And this is definitely one of those things that I would say, don't, if you do do it with, with high caution, like do it okay. with high caution. Uh, one of those top top things. He, Lights the candle. My cousin starts walking around, and an eerie feeling starts like going all over the church, as if it was seeping out from the front doors and the side doors, just seeping in. Mm. My friend starts asking a series of questions. He goes, "If you uh, keep the flame straight, this means yes. If you make the flame bounce around, it means no." Do you like us being here? Flame started bouncing around. He then goes, Is there three people here? Immediately stand straight up. 
Hmm. He then goes, do you like my cousin? I'm not going to mention their names, but do you like my cousin? Flame didn't really do anything. It kind of sputtered a little bit and stood straight and sputtered again. Then he said, do you like me? Did the same exact thing. He then asked the question, do you like Jonathan? The flame didn't do anything. Instead, what happened was we were facing the pews going straight to the front door. From the left side closest to us where there was a window, we heard what sounded like like scratching noises clawing its way from the outside into the, like from the window into the wall. Oh boy. All three of us were shining our flashlights on that wall. There was nothing there. The moment our flashlight hit where the sound was coming from, the sound started scurrying up the wall immediately across the ceiling and landed <laughs> right behind us with a loud <laughs> and then a <sighs> I looked really? at my friend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Been there multiple times, had a weird, eerie feeling. First time I had that happen to me. I looked wow. and I turned to my friend and I said, uh, what should we do? He goes, we need to get out of here. Immediately blew out the candle and we all three booked it out of that church. Immediately behind us was followed by. No way. <sighs> no. Yes. We got in the car and we were quiet for about 20 minutes. We get into Jasper and this, this town, uh, like where this church is, it's, it's about, I would say about 45 minutes away from Jasper. Mm-hmm. But we get into Jasper because we don't know what's going on. We don't know what just happened. We just know we had to get. We start seeing lots passing by us. And out of the blue, my cousin goes, I believe now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that is a classic. Yeah. Yes. I've been to that church multiple times, and I've had a similar experience twice. One directly after that, but this time, instead of it coming from the window, it came from like a side door. And then the second time, it actually ran out of the church. And then after that, like every time I've been to the church, uh, it's it's like there's nothing there now, uh, which a lot of people have gone there and done a lot of graffiti on the walls. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure that's what why there's not that much activity. But yeah, my third time there, that's... I was chased out of that church, and let me tell you, it. I like I said, I've been to places where I've heard footsteps, I've heard, uh, you know, chairs move, I've heard whispers, but I never heard something climb its way from the outside into the building and across the ceiling. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, I got chills over here, dude. Like I'm sitting there. It's one of those things where you start looking around, making sure you're still alone in the room. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Woo, John, that was a great start, dude. That was a. I gotta ask, what do you think it was? I don't know. I mean, During I know the there's time, no way to prove this. I just, I just I wanted to yeah. pick your brain for a second. What do you think it was? It. The first thought that came through my mind when it first happened with to me was. That's Bills above coming after me. Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Yeah. Like for the couple of months after that, me and my friend, my cousin, 
we all got together and we were like, okay, has anything happened to your house? Has anything disappeared? Has anything moved around? Have you started seeing things? And so all three of us figured that whatever was there was just gearing us away. Mm. Uh, and I'm assuming the time that I started investigating at the church is right around when the like graffiti started popping up a lot more. So I'm guessing that when I was there uh, with my cousin, and my friend, uh, whatever was it like, lived like living there, whatever was. <laughs> I know what you mean. There, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, inhabiting that area. Yeah, inhabiting. Yeah, that would be a good word, I guess. Uh, yeah, whatever was inhabiting that that church and that, and it's only in the church too because the cemetery gives you a, a different eerie feeling, especially in this one little like catacomb like mausoleum top building that was at one point locked but now the door is rotted too so you can squeeze right through and be right beside like two coffins wow yeah uh inside that that room itself though you just have this uneasy feeling like you don't need to be there Mm. and the longer you stay it's the more the more it stronger it feels but uh yeah the church though it's the the two entities it's just weird uh, the last time I had an experience, the thing went outside. I had a group of people with me on this one. Uh, it was my friend again uh, from from the uh, first story. Uh, it was him and then like three or four other, no, three other people. Uh, we had already gone to a few places and we decided to just hit High Hill as the last stop because we knew that it was haunted for sure. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend get there gets outside start like walking around and we go inside the church and the other people they're they're like yeah this is boring we're hopping back in the car and then that's when me and my friend heard it scurrying outside the door and then we started seeing eyes in the cemetery we went to the cemetery and we saw the same eyes in the woods started going into the woods when my friend stopped and said we need to go to the car and we need to leave immediately this thing's luring us away from everyone that's creepy, dude. That is creepy. Woo! Man, that's some good stuff, Jonathan. That is some really good stuff. Oh, I love it. Do you, do you have another story before we call it a night, dude? This is good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I actually have one more. Um, tell it to us. Probably, I'm going to tell a little segment of it because uh, this this part really spoke out to me. Okay. Um, it's... Uh, it's an episode that we're going to be featuring uh, on uh, Alabama's Most Haunted uh, that uh, it, it's going to be released here real soon, hopefully. Um, but one of the places that I went to, and right now is a perfect time, so I'm going to give a shout-out to this place. Uh, it's called Columbia Manor. It's down in Columbia, Alabama. Uh, okay. The owner of it, his name's Todd, really cool dude. He, uh, he turned this old, like, old 1800-style mansion uh, into a haunted attraction, which is funny because when you go to this haunted attraction, you're actually going through a haunted house at the same time. So you're huh. you're hitting two birds with one stone. There you go. And this place is definitely, I would say, definitely haunted. Um, so they say that around three o'clock is when witching hour happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the best evidence wherever you're at uh, around three o'clock i'm assuming reason why it's three o'clock that's like 3 a.m 
is witching hour is because uh, Jesus was supposedly died at 3 p.m. Right, yeah. So yeah. I'm assuming that's where the correlation goes from there. But I know a lot of activity does happen at 3 o'clock for sure. And Columbia Manor definitely is a place that has activity at 3 o'clock. Uh, so my team and I, we were all up in the uh, the attic area of the haunted maze. We were asking some questions. It was pretty late. It was like 1, 2, between 1 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, I said it was witching out. It was about 2.45 uh, because we were sitting up there between 1 and 3. Uh, our, we had one person step out around 2.45. Uh, she went back to the base camp area because she was getting a little sleepy and, uh, she barely could keep her eyes open. Uh, you know, she didn't know if she was dreaming the sound or if she actually heard the sound, but she figured best thing to do is let us do our thing and her just rest up and try to wake up a little. Mm -hmm. So we're up there. It's me, Kevin Walden, and then, uh, Slim, uh, David, I can't remember what his last name is. I'll think of it later. Uh, we all call him Slimma, though. Uh, we all three are sitting up there. And we're asking a few questions. We have a spirit box going. And it's not really picking up. Every now and then, it'll hear, like you'll hear, hey, hello. What's up, dude? Like, mm. just every so often. Uh, we tried using the dousing rods. Uh, they would hit, but it would be random. It would be like 30 minutes of nothing, then two minutes of crossing and no crossing and then three minutes of nothing again mm -hmm. so we just decided to sit there ask a few questions and uh you know feel the experience i guess you could say right well a little history about this place uh one of the owners was a doctor who turned his house into a hospital so majority of the rooms was patients rooms at three o'clock on the dot Starting from the very bottom of the house, we hear a very loud coming from the front door, like the front room, I guess the foyer, foyer? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know what it's called, uh, coming from there. Now, we're in the attic on the very opposite side of the house where essentially the morgue is sitting. Uh, we're right above the morgue. So shouldn't be able to hear loud footsteps coming from the front door. Mm. We hear the loud footsteps get closer going from the next room over the moment it goes through the next room over there is three more footsteps added to it hmm. this thing is getting moving from the next room gaining footsteps to the next room eventually all three of us is hearing a what sounds like an army of people just heading up the stairway straight at us and then the next thing we know the person who uh, went to take a break, her name's Kayla. She radios us in and says, hey, are you guys outside? We all look and go, what? No, we we were about to actually contact you to see if you was inside the house. And she said, no, are you, you're not outside? And we said, no, we're, we're inside. We're, we're still in the attic where you left us. And she said, someone's out here with me. <laughs> Something just banged right beside me i don't know what it is the <laughs> moment she messaged us though the footsteps stopped we booked it outside went to see what it was there was no one on property and there's a few houses here and there like 
surrounding this place, we looked. There was no way somebody was on the property by the time we got out of the house. And with her being the area that they were at, like she would have seen them or we would have saw the person trying to like dip out if they were yeah, trying to yeah. The like they area that she heard, yeah, the area that she heard the loud banging noise was from an old drum that was used as a haunted mine shaft where they took uh, these wooden pallets and turned it into a mine shaft, essentially. Okay. An area where a guy could not run from. Wow. Uh, the, yeah, very next day we told Todd about it. And he said, actually, that's one of the haunting sightings here. We just haven't had it in a couple of years. But he, he explained there was a worker that worked in that one particular spot, and his job was to bang the old drum as hard as he could. Really? Yes. Oh, and man. She said that she had a feeling of somebody watching her when she was headed straight to the thing, and the next thing she knows, she hears a loud old drum bang in panic. We're panicking because we're like, oh, shoot, we're in a new city. We don't know anything about this place. Who's out there with her? Right, exactly. Also, there's footsteps coming straight at us. Right, right. So, yeah, y'all are thinking more so, like, this could be an actual person trying to, yeah. you know, like, harm her or a, 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 a gang of whatever coming up the stairs towards us. Oh, man, that's uh, that's crazy. The door, the door was locked, too. Like, we used a, a back door. So the front door was locked. So it came from the inside. It came from the inside, starting in the the foyer, and moved itself all the way up to the stairs, got to the stairs, and then whatever was outside did its thing. And my my only guess is whatever was outside was working with whatever was inside and was trying to get us out of the house or get at least one of us out of the house. Because Slim was having a really, really crazy experience there, uh, especially with the doll, which you guys will be able to see that in the episode when uh, when it comes out. Sweet. Uh, when it and everything. Wow. Dude, those are some outstanding stories. So glad you got to call in tonight, man. I, wow, that's good stuff. I've, that's something I could just talk about all night. Uh, real quick, dude, give us some... Give us some info on on the YouTube channel, the the episodes, all that stuff that's coming out. Because I, I did not know this. I did not know like you, you uh, had all this going with with paranormal side of things. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, been doing it. Been doing Alabama's most haunted for about. Let's see, I want to say this is our eighth year, ninth year going on. We've been doing it for almost ten years now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Uh, we we try to get our episodes out as, as quickly as that we can, but you know how life gets in the way. So, uh, <laughs> Preacher, we bro. do, yeah, we do uh, uh, promote when we're releasing it, when we're doing sneak peeks, and we're, when we're doing uh, events as well uh, on our Facebook. So, if you like uh, to uh, look us up on Facebook or YouTube, uh, and we also have a TikTok, I do believe, too. Uh, I may have to get with you later on that. And okay. Get there. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. But yeah, on Facebook and YouTube, just look up Alabama's Most Haunted, and that's where you find me and uh, all the investigations that uh, my investigation team has done. Wow, man. Well, I will do that. 
just ASAP. And so for all of our listeners, make sure you guys go follow Jonathan and them. It's Alabama's Most Haunted on Facebook and YouTube. Support their content. Uh, I graduated with this guy. He's a good dude. Um, had I known all this, man, I'd have got on that train earlier. Um, but oh, I, yeah. hey, better late than never. Hey, look, when we have more time, I would like to go in detailed discussions of uh, paranormal and theories and stuff if you're down for that. Oh, uh, we will. Do. I will have you over for a one-on-one conversation oh, where with where there's not a bunch of other stories, and we will just sit here and just pound it out. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Well, dude, thank you so much for calling tonight. You've been It's been a pleasure talking with you, and I am really looking forward to getting this up on the episode. Okay, so first things first. Go to YouTube and subscribe to that channel. Go to Facebook and subscribe to that page. Uh, known Jonathan for uh, several years. Uh, good dude. And what a, just a pile of stories. And, and the thing is, he could go on and on and on. And I'm really, really excited to potentially have him on the show in the near future. Because yeah. he is such a knowledgeable and experienced person in this industry. Um, Reno, give us give us your your favorite stories. Give us your whole take about this thing. I mean, he had a lot of content. I went over the usual ten minutes with him, but uh, I, I knew I needed to. So he just had so much to offer with that experience, and of course his his uh, YouTube page, Facebook, all that stuff. So give give it to me, dude. Well, uh, the main thing I'll point out is probably what you might point out too is is the uh, the the church uh, instance where uh, you know. They hear the, mm-hmm. the, what sounded like something trying to break in. Uh, I, I can picture that perfectly in my mind, exactly how that would have looked. And, uh, yeah, it scares the crap out of me. <laughs> just just thinking about it. First of all, uh, you know, being down in that area to start with, you never know what it might be. Right. Um, you know, RIP Parish. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so... It, just to throw in what could be on top of all that, it's, it's, uh, I'm glad he did it and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, although, if we're ever out there, we need to, uh, you know, drop by one day. I, dude, Live I, on location. Yeah. I, I was, I almost called you the other night and was like, hey, man, we need to go to this place. Uh, it's in our neck of the woods. Uh, Reno and I graduated from Parish High School, um, so we are tornadoes at heart. We bleed purple, and th- to have something kind of in our backyard was was really cool. Really cool. I did not know that even existed. Of course, I didn't really get into the paranormal until probably about three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so so Jonathan's got so much more experience than I do, and and that's why I was really glad to have him on the show. That story was my favorite. Also, um, the one the one where about the the group coming up the stairs and then that loud bang, uh, mm-hmm. out by the, that was just too as I've said too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. There was something there, and I I don't man I just don't know what I would do if I witnessed that. It would be terrifying. I'd have to I'd have to be packing. I mean I just yeah. not that that's going to do anything on the spiritual realm, but I don't know like. Uh, Maybe dip my bullet in holy water. I don't know. <laughs> I know we're not fighting vampires, but I mean that just shows you how like unexperienced I am with this. I would feel safer with my nine on me, uh, just in case that wasn't a group of ghosts coming up the stairs and it was actually you know people. But he said the place was locked. Like there was no way to get in. It came from inside. Yeah. Um. 
kind of like that movie where the call's coming from inside the house. Get out, you know. Uh, that was a great movie, by the way. I, I really, it, it, when I was talking to him the other night, dude, I got chills. I was getting fidgety down here by myself talking to him. It was, <laughs> he's listening to these stories. You're like, man, I feel like something may be in this room with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm checking behind me, checking, looking over my shoulders, you know. Yeah. Um, it was a fun, fun conversation. And I, I, I know it's going to be even more fun when he comes over and, and is able to sit down with us and, and talk about some really, really interesting stuff in the paranormal realm i can't wait for that mm-hmm. so jonathan uh thank you for coming on the show buddy and once again just as we did steph's podcast the killer con we want to give a shout out to jonathan and his group uh at, at youtube at alabama's most haunted uh follow their youtube channel watch their videos and then their facebook also you will not regret it i did it just a couple of nights ago and i've enjoyed every second of it I've got Lacey Smith on the line tonight. I'm so glad she called. She has been a supporter of this podcast since we first started, and we are so glad to get her on the pod. And for you guys to hear her uh, two stories that she's got for this special spooky fest is what I like to call it, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. But, Lacey, welcome to the show, and tell us what happened. Absolutely. Okay, so the first one uh, is like a work story I was working in a nursing home and we had like a bunch of just off the wall stuff happening like we'd be down a hallway no one else would be down there with us and we would hear our names being called mm. or like getting scratched or whatever um so me and one of my coworkers were standing at the desk we had just got these brand new cameras so like like that's relevant later but um so we had some cups sitting on a railing and they just flew across the hallway with such force it hit the wall on the other side Mm. and we were like don't even know like if we like we saw it we saw the cups on the other side but we were like you know it's kind of like that thing like what did you see right so um we actually had our administrator run the cameras back and she was like oh my god i can't believe y'all caught that like um like, shortly after that, like, we had clocks coming off the wall with such force. It was, like, going across the hallway. I mean, it was just, like, crazy stuff. Like, stuff just flying off the walls like crazy. Um, but that's pretty much, like, the big thing that happened was the cups flying. Because it wasn't like we caught it out of our peripheral. Mm-hmm. It was like we were dead on looking at it. So that it's so um, funny you say that because the call I just finished with before you called me, um, <clears throat> he had a cross come like fly across down the hallway at him, and so uh, it, and when you said cups flying across the hallway, clocks fly, flying across, I was like, man, that's that's pretty funny. Like back to back calls, something was flying across the hallway. <laughs> Like, we actually, it got so bad because we were getting hurt. Like, we were getting scratches, um, scrubs getting torn, like, actually torn. Wow. So they actually had, like, a church group come and pray over the building. Well, that just made it worse. <laughs> like, so, so, so I tell, tell me about that a little bit. So tell me, for one, how did your administrator react to this? Like, because some people, you know, they they think you're insane, blah blah blah. But like, how? How? Tell me about that. I guess like 
with that kind of work, you're prone to seeing a lot of things because, I mean, you're in a nursing home. People die all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're prone to seeing, like, shadow people or hearing things. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, I guess we just kind of got desensitized to it. We handled it a lot better than I feel like anyone else would. Right, right. But it, it was just happening so frequently that we were getting scratches um, that I think they just had someone come in and pray over the building. And you say it made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at that point, we started having, like, I have another person that was with me, but I saw someone come off the bed for, like, 20 seconds. Um. So, like, I say all this, and someone is going to think, like, oh, she's just making it up. Like, I had people with me. Right. Like, it was more than one person. So, um, we had people, like, coming off the bed for, like, 20 seconds just staying in midair. So, they're just, like, like levitating. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, <laughs> and we handled it, like, way better than I feel like we should have. Right. Uh, I'd have been, like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we handled that way better because I stayed there for, like, I worked there for, like, seven years active. Oh, my goodness. So, So I don't know. I guess, like I said, I guess we just got desensitized to it. Maybe. So, did when you saw all this stuff, scratching and stuff like that, like, like, that seems to me like it was a darker presence. Something angry, something a little bit more sinister. But, I mean, I wasn't there. What did you feel with it? Um, at times, it didn't feel, like, mean. And then at times, it did. Like, there were several times that, um, like, when we would get the scratches or something, it would feel like it was trying to hurt us. Hmm. Uh, the, the cups flying across the wall, that wasn't doing anything but, you know, like, kind of freaking us out a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. It didn't feel mean. Right. Huh. So. Interesting. So you think there was probably multiple things going on at that institution? So I always, always used to say it was built on a burial ground because there was so much that was always happening. Like anytime, uh-huh. especially like when someone passes, um, I don't know if you've heard this, but when someone is passing, it takes a lot of energy. Uh, spirits take a lot of energy out of you. Hmm. So, uh, when someone passes, it always gets worse because they're draining. It, it's a very draining process. Interesting. I've, I've, I've not heard that, but that makes perfect sense. So, you think it yeah. riles things up in a way, too? Yeah, I feel like it does. Okay. Cool, cool. That's amazing, especially you stayed there for seven years. <laughs> that is awesome. So, go ahead with that second story. Okay. So, the second one was actually this summer. I went to the Lizzie Borden house in Fall River. Um, I was, (laughs) I don't know, I was the only one that was taking pictures. And I feel like if you're doing a touristy thing, I feel like you should take pictures. Mm Because, you know, who knows when you're going to be there again. Right. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But we go through the first part of the house and, like, I don't really feel anything. We get to where the dad was murdered. And obviously they don't have the same couch, but I was standing by the couch and I had my arms like, like I had my hands interlocked basically. And I felt something nudge my elbow, like my arm, like physically went up a little. No one around me, like nothing, 
Like, it was really, you know, nothing could have caused it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, we go upstairs, we go to where the stepmom was murdered, nothing happened, well, we go to Lizzie's bedroom next, and there was nobody behind me, but I had my hair up in a ponytail, and something, like, yanked on my ponytail. Oh, boy. Um, and then, of course, they take you up to the, um the maid's room, the servant that they had, take you up to her room, and it just felt like immediately like I was going to pass out. Oh, uh, so, like, I was pretty quick to get out of that room and went downstairs and was talking to the uh, the tour guide, which I guess are, like, the new owners. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have stuff pull on me all the time. And I was like, bro, I thought I was going, you know, I thought I was going crazy for a minute because I was like, something definitely yanked my hair and pushed my arm. And she said it was like super common. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, just because I like to freak myself out even more, I decided to watch Ghost Adventures uh, <laughs> episode and they talk about the same things happening to them. So. Okay. So you, so they, Ghost Adventures has been to the Lizzie Borden house. Oh yeah, I figured. I figured they had that. Uh, that's a pretty wild story for anyone who doesn't know about about that house and that particular story, family, all that. You need to you need to look it up. Uh, it's 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 a, it's a weird one. So I would yeah. imagine that there there is a dark. I hate using the word energy, but but I, there is a dark energy or something. In that house, I would imagine. Now, like I said, I've never been there. I would love to go, um, but that's really cool that you've been. And where, where is that again? Uh, it's in Fall River, Massachusetts. It's like okay. like an hour and a half south of Boston. Gotcha. Neat, neat, neat. You did that recently, didn't you? I did when I was in. I was working in Maine. That is so cool. So cool. So. Well, perfect, Lacey. I love these stories. Uh, We will get them up ASAP, and I really, really appreciate you calling in on the show. So first and foremost, we want to say thank you, Lacey, for calling on the show. Lacey has been with us since day one. I remember when I was with Throne Veden, she was a big supporter of all that. So pretty much things I've been a part of, she's always supported. So thank you, Lacey, for being a fan from the beginning. We really, really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, Now on to the stories. For one, nursing homes are creepy as it is. That's no offense to anyone who works in a nursing home. That is a special, special calling, a calling that I do not have, but give have absolutely nothing but respect for. Secondly, when I don't know what it is, but it, it something about just a, a house full of the elderly is really really unsettling when it comes to paranormal activity i don't know why it is i don't know if you if it's because you can't decipher what may be a mental illness or kind of the last days of someone or or is it just in their head or is it real it's unsettling is what i guess is a good way to say it um not that you know not that uh it's you know, any better for someone middle-aged or our age or whatever to, to be going through that. But to me, it's a lot creepier when it's just a bunch of the elderly yeah. in one location and they're just, you know, dying off, dying off, dying off. And so if, if, if there was to be a place that is haunted 
and have a lot of activity. A nursing home seems to be like a, a top three place. I mean, right? Am I right? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I go in nursing homes all the time, and and uh, like they're almost all the same. It, like very creepy old buildings. They smell. They make weird sounds. They're very strange at night. <laughs> when you go up in there, um, but you know it, it never fails. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go to somebody's room to get them, and I'll walk by a room and I look in there, and and there's an old lady talking, talking off her head to somebody that's not there. Oh boy! Or are they? Oh boy! And you know, you know, people yelling all the time, "Get them away from me!" There's nobody there. You know, oh, you're man. like. And of course, you know the 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 classic, you know, family members who have passed on deal, especially for you know your really sick ones. They say that they say that you can see family members who've passed before you. Yeah. When it's about your time, like my grandfather could see that for for instance, he uh, his last days, he said he could see everybody that he had lost before standing in the room with him. Mm. So you you have a lot of that going on. Uh, possibly, uh, and one other thing, um, if you want to talk about like psychic footprints and energies and, and stuff like that, there's all kinds of emotions happening, uh, with, with those elderly people. Uh, a lot of them are angry, for example, really angry that they're there in the first place. Uh, a lot of them, uh, a lot of them feel like you know, a lot of them are really depressed, really sad. Um, they feel like, you know, they feel like the whole world's given up on them. Um, not that's not to say that that's the case, but that's how a lot of them feel. Uh, th there are so many strong emotions, um, you know, in these nursing homes, especially. Maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows what kind of footprint um, that kind of you know, those emotions and energies leave behind, you know? Right. So, oh, dude, you're preaching, man. Keep um, on going if you need to. No. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, preacher. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it's good to, like I said, I, I, I have my own belief system, but that doesn't mean I don't have an open mind when it comes to stuff like that. Right. Uh, so, basically, I chalk it up to... Who knows? We'll find out one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that Reno pretty much just covered it all. I've got nothing else to, to add to it. Reno's a lot more experienced than I am in that regard. He's seen a lot more of that stuff than I have. So, Lacey, we really, really appreciate you calling in on the show. The part with the levitation, that's like a classic freaking exorcist movie scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, I, I forgot the way, about the levitation, yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, Reno watched the original exorcist, what, last night? Uh, it was a few days ago, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I found out why they wouldn't let us watch it when we were young. <laughs> yeah, 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 I gotta watch it too. I've it's, got to watch it. It's not the same as Halloween or Jason, you know. Yeah, yeah, a little uh, more. Yeah, it's 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 evil. Yeah, it that's, is. That's all there is too. It's straight up evil. But yeah, the levitation part got me, and the part where Lacey was actually physically. Uh, grabbed, scratched, you know, clothes torn. It's all fine and dandy until some until something touches you. Yeah. Uh, 
So, you know, but like you said, ton of emotion, both good and bad. What better place for something like that to take over than a place that is so full of emotion? So, thank you, Lace, for calling in the show, and thank you so much for being a supporter from day one. Thank you. And we are back, and I've got my sweet Grammy Plum on the phone tonight, and so excited to have her on the podcast. So, hello, Grammy. Thank you so much for for calling tonight. Um, Hi, darling. (laughs) She's got a very, very fascinating story she's going to share with us. So, Grammy, have at it. Okay, um, I was cooking, Zach was, um, it was Zach, no, Zeb was about 10, so this was several years ago. We had an old shed out behind the house, beside the house, and he, he was out there fooling around, burning leaves or something, and I was in there cooking. Well, it was about, I don't know how long, 10 minutes or something, he comes speeding in the house, says, Mom, there's fire, there's fire out here, I can't put it out. So I run out there, it got out of control. I run out there and turn everything off the stove and run as fast as I could out there, and it, I, it soon became apparent that we could not put it out by ourselves. We couldn't pack it or whatever we were trying to do. So I run to the barn, and as I was running to the barn to get water, get a bucket, you know, you got to wait for the water to run. That's kind of ridiculous. It could burn the house down by then. <laughs> so while, while I was while I was going out there, I was just praying, God help me, God help me. I can't. We can't do this by ourselves. Lord help us. And I hollered out, Help! And I, it wasn't. Oh my God! It wasn't ten minutes. A white truck come up this driveway. A man in a white truck I have never seen before on this Herman Road or ever around here, and I've never seen it since. He helped us put out that fire. He, um, I don't know where. I don't even know what he what he was whacking with. It might have been a a, a miracle sack or something because <laughs> we didn't have anything close by. We were just hacking and hacking and hacking with some, anything we could find. And it wasn't very long, and the fire got put out, and I said, oh, thank you. You are an angel from God. And he got in his truck and drove off, and I've never seen him again. So, so he I, did, think it, I think it was my uh, a guardian angel, I'm telling you. I think it was. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. So he didn't say anything? I don't remember. I, I, he might have said, oh, that's okay, or something. You know, I said, oh, thank you, thank you. You're my guardian angel, or something. And he didn't know. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't make a big deal of it. He just got in his truck and drove off. What wow. got me was a white truck. Yeah. It's a wonder he didn't get out with his wings all packed around him, you know? Right, right. I was <laughs> thinking, like, when you said white truck, I immediately started thinking, well, like, God's showing off now or something like that. You know I, I know, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was wild, I'm telling you. It was miraculous because we've never seen anybody in a white truck around here before, ever. And then I haven't seen him since. So I just think it was my angel. That is so Because I so prayed cool. all the way to the barn. I had to go to the barn. There was no water close by. I prayed all the way to the barn, which wasn't too far, just a little ways, you know. But still, I didn't know what else to do. God help us. And he did. He sent his angel. So y'all were just trying to, like, pretty much just smother the fire out. Yeah, we were trying to get the fire because it was out of hand. And we couldn't have done it. Zach and I, Zeb and I couldn't have done it by ourselves. It was too far out of the... Because Pete was working, he wasn't home yet. Wow. And the kids were gone, the girls were gone. Hey, y'all. So, you know, we by ourselves. Anyway, wow. That's my story. That is awesome. Short and sweet. Uh-huh. I love it, but really, really powerful. So, I do believe that is, I believe you got your answer. That is a, a guardian angel of yours. You've never seen him yeah, since. Yeah, I really, I, I believe it. I just believe it. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% behind that. So thank you for calling in the show tonight, Grammy. All right. It was fun, Storm. All right. So a family member on the show, uh, Grammy Plum, bringing in a head scratcher, something that is just so weird that it doesn't, you just don't have answers to. Um, so get, give me your take, Reno. I was the one taking the phone call the other day, so everybody kind of knows my feel on it. So give me yours. I really like that. Uh, you know, you hear about stuff like that happening every now and then. Um, just random people who show up. They don't talk. They don't. They, they don't give you any kind of indication that they're even there. You know, until you know, outside of them helping you do whatever needs to be done. Uh, it, it is. You know, it, it is hair raising to think about what might have happened if he wasn't there. Right. Um, so. You know, it, what, what's the song? There, uh, Angels Among Us. Or I something knew you were like about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, <laughs> but I, I, I have been waiting. By the way, I have been waiting for some O'Briens to call in and give some stories. Like I, I figured, <laughs> I thought they, I thought there might have been some good ones from up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying my best to get them to that. Uh, I really like. The, and I've already said this in the conversation with her, but it seems to me it, uh, it is a head-scratcher, but it's just one of those things, it's hard to explain, but it kind of, in its own way, it had, to me, it had to be a guardian angel, an angel of some sort. For one, rides up in the white truck. That's kind of symbolic. Now, I could be yeah. looking way too deep into this, but like <laughs> she's never seen this person a day in her life, never sees him again, he doesn't talk, I'm sorry, if I drive up in the park in, in someone's driveway, random, never seen this person because there's a small fire that's starting to break out, uh, I'm going to say, like, hey, hey, what can I do? Where's your water? Where, where, where's this, that, that, the other? This person didn't speak. Yeah. Um, and that that's why I'm kind of leaning on the supernatural angel side of things because that just doesn't, that's not human. Uh, to, to me, I mean, may, maybe it is, but, like, if I am Especially a for this area, you just don't yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah, this is the South. Like, well, hey, bro, <laughs> what can I do for you? You hey, your barn's burning down. <laughs> you ain't where, got anybody in there, do you? <laughs> you got your cattle out of there. But it's, it's you know, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm saying. That It doesn't make any sense to randomly pull up in someone's driveway in a white truck, get out, and just nonchalant, like you know exactly what's happening. You you. Uh, and just help put this fire out. Yeah, and it's not tragedy. like he was just driving by and saw you know something on fire. You have to drive up in there, right? Yeah, for know. people who don't know where this place is, you you can't see their house from the road. You have to drive through a wooded driveway to get to the opening where you can see their barn and their house. So once again, what are the chances? It doesn't. It, it, it's unexplainable. It's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. It has to be something angelic and supernatural in my opinion yeah who knows who knows but i'm glad it happened because it helped out my grammy and it prevented tragedy so grammy yeah thank you for calling on the show and bringing a awesome little thought-provoking story our way thank you plum hello hello and i have my mom tammy wade on the podcast today Really excited to hear her story. She's got one story she's going to share with us, and I did not know about this story, so I'm really, really excited to have 
her share it with us. So, Mama, you have the floor. Well, um, this happened to me when I was still when I was a teenager. We, when we moved to Alabama, we had a little bitty house, a tiny little house where Mom and Daddy's house is now. Um, and so Tina and I shared a bedroom. Um, so we were um, asleep one night and. You know, I don't know that anybody died in the house or what the, what the history behind the house was. I have no idea. But um, you know how sometimes when you wake up and you've had a bad dream or you just, anyway, you just feel the heaviness in the room and it's dark. It's so dark. It's black, dark. Mm-hmm. Like you can't see any kind of light from outside or anywhere. It's so black. Mm-hmm. And just a thick like a thick blanket over the room um and so i i woke up from whatever a dream or whatever and just felt that that horrible um pressure in the room like something was you know bearing down and i i know for sure that i was facing tina and i shared a bed so we were i was facing tina my back was away from the side of the bed so i was facing toward the middle of the bed and so i rolled over on my back but i kept my eyes closed because <laughs> you know how sometimes you feel like it's so heavy and so dark it's almost like there's a physical presence there mm-hmm. and, and it was like if you look over to the side of the bed, there's going to be a face staring at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so I kept my eyes closed because I knew, I just knew there was something there in the room, um, because it was so heavy and um, so frightening. I just didn't want to open my eyes. So um, I didn't know if Tina was awake or if she was, you know, if she was having the same sensation. And it's funny that I never really talked to her about it either. But um, I was laying there and just praying, you know, because that's the only thing I knew to do. And it just, like the the heaviness and the darkness would not let up. And all of a sudden, I was just laying there and, you know, the blankets pulled up to my face. And all of a sudden, the blanket got pulled down off of me. No way. Like somebody at the end of the bed was just pulling the blanket down toward the end of the bed. Yes, way. <laughs> Holy cow. So, you know, I didn't go all the way like off down my legs, but it went down from my face to about my waist. So the blanket was actually pulled down off of me. And by that time, I had my eyes open, but I didn't see anything. It was still so black, dark. But I was like, you know, fumbling for the blankets and all I could do was just just pull them back up and, and keep praying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, so, you know, the, the, the only thing I knew to do. And eventually, the, the, the more I prayed, the, the, the lighter it became. And eventually, it, it um, finally went away. And I could, I could breathe and I could feel that whatever the presence was, was gone. But just having that, just you know that blanket being pulled down off of me i don't know what the thing was trying to do or say or i don't know but it was trying to make its presence known (laughs) what do you think it was 
Oh, just some evil, some some evil, evil spirit of some sort. Um, it had to be because the presence in, was in the room was so palpable. It was like right at that when I first woke up, it was like right on me. Right, right. right. Like I know that face was looking right at me, whatever mm. it was. It was so <laughs> close to me. <laughs> Shiver me That's timbers. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I wish I had opened my eyes now and looked to see what it was, but I was so freaked out. I just, you know, all I could do was lay there and pray. I don't know why I didn't wake Tina up. Yeah, but, I was like, bro, yeah. let's, we, we're fighting now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, she, let's share this experience. experience so so you, never, you never talked to her about this? <laughs> I don't remember ever talking to her about it. You want to reach like, out to her. I feel I really need to ask her, did she experience the same thing I did? But, um, yeah, because she, as far as I know, she wasn't awake. But she could have been, and she could have just been as scared as I was. But anyway, that's that all my story. It wasn't, it wasn't anything amazing. But, you know, when that blanket pulled down off of me. Uh, yeah, that's pretty was, amazing. When it gets physical was, like that, that's... Yeah, this uh, crap is real. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. This isn't just a thought or a feeling. It's a, this junk is legit. And, and just for the listeners, um, to to know y'all y'all didn't have like a dog in the room or a cat in the room. Oh, no, that, we didn't know. There was nothing. No, there was no one. It's just it was just me and Tina. Right. And she was, as far as I know, she was down to sleep. I wanted to go ahead. It was. It wasn't that. like she turned. Yeah, it wasn't like she turned over and took the blanket with her to her to her side. It wasn't like that at all. It was like somebody's. Well, there was something at the end of the bed that was pulling those blankets straight down to the bottom of the bed. Ah, uh, man! First waking up in the middle of the night stories are some of the most horrific for me. Um, I remember a story I heard on on a podcast. On I mean, you made me think of this. It was a. It went from dream to reality, kind of. Uh, this guy, he was a pastor. And he said he was asleep and he was having a bad dream that he was at this church and there was this woman with no face, like a gray face that had been penciled out nearly that was standing at her church and it was just evil and dark and she was staring right at him when he walked up to his church and he woke up just like really, really like panting, you know, upset, like worried and scared. And then his wife woke up at the same time. And uh, she was, he, they were both just chatting like, man, I just had the worst nightmare. And he started telling her what it was about. And her jaw dropped because she had the same exact dream about the same exact thing. And about that time, um, said their room was freezing. They said their dog that never makes a sound started growling and went to the bedroom door and started growling and barking like something was on the other side of the bedroom door. And uh, <laughs> and so the, the pastor said, well, the, the only thing, we knew what it was. We knew it was a, an evil presence that had kind of infiltrated our dreams um, we had the same dream that was not coincidence, and then our dog is acting like this. He never acts like this, and uh, it's right at that. We, we know what this is. And so he said he just grabbed his Bible from the, uh, the he had like a shelf on his uh, on his bed, what do you call that thing? The headboard was, was a shelf. 
He said he grabbed his Bible and they started reading the Bible and praying together and stuff like that. And then he said about five minutes later, the dog just calmed down and went and jumped right back on the bed and went to sleep. And then got warm again. It got light. Uh, and they were able to go back to sleep. It was just really, you, that your story made me think of that, is, is how it kind of infested their dreams. And it, and it was because it was there in reality in the area you know that's just so wild that is so wild mm-hmm. oh man that's i don't want to witness that i don't want to witness. i love talking about this stuff but i'll be the first to say i don't want to have a first-hand experience with something like that i don't yeah i don't know what um i don't know if, if other people have the same but i edmund has um told me several times that during the night i will be having a dream and I'll know I'll remember these dreams but I'll be dreaming something horribly dark and evil and um I'll just start praying in my dreams you know I bind you in the name of Jesus and and Edmund has told me several times that I will be like out loud saying these things saying in the name of Jesus I bind you and just like yelling it out in my sleep that is and like like coming up fighting so um you know that is admirable <laughs> and quite horrifying at the same time yes. i mean seriously like, yes. uh, uh yeah that, that's pretty pretty terrifying i uh i've woken up many times screaming but i've, mm-hmm. I've never woken up praying um so good for you <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you know that's all i know to do yeah. You know, the combat, I think for me, that's the, that's the way I can, I feel like I can combat the, the, when I feel something evil. And I've had several dreams, in, I mean, probably in the last year, um, with just evil, you know, awful things happening in my dream. And just like, you know, like I said, I'll come out of my sleep fighting and praying. Mm-hmm. So, well, I do firmly anyway. believe that. There are there are nightmares, there are night terrors. That those are those are natural. But I do believe that some of them, some of them are different. Some of them are influenced by something, um, mm-hmm. whether that's oppression from something uh, demonic or dark or whatever. It's yeah, I do believe that. I don't believe every nightmare is that by any means or not terribly. That's just biologically natural, but. There's some that are you can tell you can tell which yeah. ones are different like that one right there and so that was a really good story here you were saying that wasn't <laughs> much of anything and that would be horrifying if that happened <laughs> yeah it was pretty terrifying at the moment yeah exactly um, so yeah I think back now and I think I wish I would have I wish I would have turned my head and been able to see what that was staring mm. at me because I know it was staring at me and mm. had his face right you know how in the movies when you turn around and there's that thing in your face <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i know it was in my face well it was in my it was in my ear it was that close to me i thought it was god that's terrifying so, yeah. <laughs> gives me chills right here before bedtime <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be able to sleep oh, sweet dreams <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah what a way to end the night <laughs> well you did great and i really appreciate you coming on to the show Another good story, short and sweet, from my mom. Um, 
another family member in the house. We always welcome family, friends, poison reptiles, whatever we can to the show. It doesn't matter. We really just love having anyone and everyone on the show. <laughs> so <laughs> that gum I say references. <laughs> I know. I was hoping you'd catch that, dude. Very good. Very good. Finally, someone gets my dad jokes. All right. So this one creeped me out for one because it was like right before I went to bed. If you could tell in the in the in the recording, I was a little tired, um, and we we had to record really late at night, and because the kids and everything, so we were both just like, Ooh. but we made it through and still got the point across and got a really, really good story out of it. That was terrifying, um, especially right before I was going to bed. I had to sit in the living room and 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 watch TV for about 30 minutes to get my mind off things. But uh, to know that your mom witnessed something like that, and once again, it wasn't just something she saw. We're into the physical touch aspect of things now. Yeah, I mean, what's up with that? Like, you can... In my ear, and I can learn to live with it. But don't touch my covers. Don't grab my (laughs) shoulder. Don't scratch me at the nursing home. You... You jerks. <laughs> you big jerk. I mean, if you want to go, you know, on the other side of the house, fine. As long as you're not doing it, you know, to me. Yeah. Would you rather, <laughs> okay, I got to ask this question. Would you rather be touched or would you rather be, would you rather hear voices? Hmm. Well, hearing voices can get you put in uh, UAB for a very long time. Yep, been so. there, done that. <laughs> Minus the voices, guys. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, you know, voices will be fine. I'll just keep that to myself. <laughs> I'll just keep that to myself. Nobody has to know. So you draw the line at physical touch. Yeah, yeah. See, I think I would rather. I think I'd rather be touched. Because I, I, maybe I could blow it off and be like, oh, I, I bumped into the doorstep or the, 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 the door frame. Or, oh, maybe that was uh, you know, the cover settling. Or, and maybe, I, I don't, maybe I could talk myself out of it. But it, Now, if I'm getting like shoved down the stairs or something, or like I'm waking up and something's choking me, that's different. But if I'm just getting like touched... I think I could live with that before I hear a bunch of voices in my head, because then I'm going to feel insane. Well, yeah, that's a good point. You can't turn it off. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like you, you can blow off a touch. It's hard to blow off getting ju- your your the voices in your head just going ballistic. But uh, anyways, uh, the terrifying part to me with this is how it can go from a dream to reality it's almost like it's in two realms so this thing brought upon nightmares with its physical presence in mama's head so she was having nightmares she woke up in in reality and boom there's this thing there that has brought it upon her so that's the weirdest most fascinating but terrifying part at the same time for me is how it whatever it is whether that be supernatural, spiritual, whatever dark presence, had the ability to inhabit her dreams along with inhabit her physical space. And not only that, but was able to withstand 
prayer for just a little bit. Now, it couldn't withstand it very long, but it hung in there, which means that thing was, it meant business. It was a little ornery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it, it wasn't one of those things where you just pray and immediately it goes away like you hear so often. No, it was something that was hanging on, sinking, trying to sink its claws into the situation. And that's terrifying to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, amazing, fascinating, though, that it got into her head and her reality all at the same time. I, that is just amazing. Of course, I told a story about that, uh, talking to Mama about you know something similar that I'd, I'd heard a story of that was one of the scariest stories I've ever heard about the woman with the gray face. So that was uh, that's one of my favorite stories. But thank you, Mama, for calling. Uh, it's never happened to her again, she said. Um, <laughs> but it seems like she's kind of tormented in her sleep a good bit is what it sounds like. <laughs> God bless, but uh, I, I haven't woken up praying myself awake. I have woken myself up screaming, so I guess she's got that down to a science. Good to wake up praying, I guess. There are worse things to do than <laughs> wake up praying. Could be waking up like stabbing your husband or something in your sleep. So sleep with one eye open, Edmund, or maybe you're okay. Three shows, uh, wonderful uh, interactions with everybody. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody who took the time out of their day to call a show that, you know, that is still trying to work its way up the charts and everything. We, we thank you for helping us out with all that. Uh, this is what it's all about at the end of the day is our audience. And uh, a special thanks to our fellow content creators. And if you take anything away from this month of guest interaction, at the very least, we want you to check out uh, these other shows uh, that uh, whose creators have been kind enough to join us, uh, whether it be the Killer Kind or uh, the uh, the uh, Alabama's, most haunted. Alabama's Most Haunted. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm about to subscribe to that myself. Uh, go check them out. Uh, 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 you know, the Plainsman podcast, everybody who has helped us out with this show, at least, at the very least, go and uh, give them all uh, your attention when you're done with us. Uh, I, we would all appreciate that. Uh, we have a treat for the end of this show, this episode. Um, I already gave my story a couple, of, a couple of episodes ago. And now it is time for the host of this show, to give his own experiences. I do not know what he's about to say, so my reaction will be genuine. Hmm. Uh, it, you know, I'm preparing for it to be the scariest thing to happen today other than Alabama's pass protection. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Storm Wade. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, so, before I, well, I'll go ahead and tell my, my less spooky one first, um, less darker one. I went to church at Parish Church of Nazarene for many, many years, um, grew up in the youth group there, and I was a part of a small praise and worship team, and we went up to the church one afternoon after the morning service to do a little rehearsing for, we were going to play uh, at, a, at a church that night for a service, and... <clears throat> We walked into the church, 
and started doing some rehearsing. We didn't, it was daylight outside. And of course, if you've ever been to Parish Church, Nazarene, or several churches, you had the foyer, you had the main sanctuary, and of course, the windows typically have sunlight coming through them. So we didn't have to have lights on at the time. We were just, you know, rehearsing in, in with the lights off. But we could perfectly, we could see everything. It was well lit still. We are sitting there playing and singing, all that stuff, and we're on the stage right behind the pulpit, and at the back of the church, behind in the foyer, I see this gray mist kind of float across the back of the foyer from one door to the next, and... I didn't say anything. I just kept on singing. I was like, my eyes are playing tricks on me, whatever. About that time, our guitarist just stops playing. And he said, did y'all just see that? Uh-oh. <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, did y'all just see that gray mist just like float across the back of the church there? And I was like, no way, dude. You saw it too? So like, I know it happened because there was no way to collaborate it. And someone else... Um, you know, saw exactly what I saw without me giving any hints or anything. Like I said, I didn't say anything. And he just stops playing and said he saw what I saw. So, and I don't know what that was. We named him Steve. Uh, we were kind of scared to go to the bathroom back there for a little while, but it didn't seem any anything malevolent or anything like that. It just may have been a ghost just making his rounds. Jamming out, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe. He was enjoying the service. I don't know. But, uh, you know, churches are still spooky. Uh, I don't know why churches are so terrifying (laughs) in the dark. I guess it's because where there is good, there is also evil, and you can't have one without the other. So maybe a church with plans of doing such good, the devil is there in the midst trying to do the opposite. So that's my first story. My second story is a little more personal and darker. And so listener discretion advised... There are talks of suicide and things like that in this next story. Um, so anytime we mention suicide or the chances of it or the subject of anything like that, we want to go ahead and give a shout-out to the 988 number, which is the suicide hotline in America, and we hope that you will seek that number if you're listening to this podcast and are dealing with feelings and thoughts of self-harm. So just wanted to give everyone a heads up before I tell this. It is a very dark story. It's not fun. It doesn't have a happy ending uh, in terms of just this story. I guess later on in life it did. It turned out okay. But for this story, it was not happy. So it was about, I was, let's see, I'm 30 now. I was about 20, 25 or so, maybe 26. Um, And I had been to... I'd been to the hospital once, to the psych ward, to check myself in and get some help, see a psychiatrist early. Well, I came back. You know, weeks went by and everything, and and I was still dealing with some stuff. And I remember I was in a really, really bad place, dude. Really, really bad. Um, And Reno was actually living in the same house with me at the time. And it was, was, I was not healthy, needless to say. And I was at home by myself. And I remember I had my my pistol ready to go ahead and finish the job 
because I could not take it any longer. I could not see past this black mass in my head. Like I, I could physically, literally see like this black mass of this wall of darkness I could not cut through. And I saw no way around it. And so I was getting prepared to do this thing. And um, I remember crying, screaming, weeping, cursing God, asking, you know, why haven't you healed me? Why haven't you helped me? You could take this away in, in the snap of a finger. Like, what are you doing? You know, like all that. And keep in mind, I'm at the house by myself. There's nobody there. Nobody at the time. And I remember I sat down on the couch and laid my head back. And if you have ever been to our house at that time, we, you walked into, to, straight directly into our living room and our couch is to the right. And you walked through an archway into the dining room and the kitchen area. Well, I was laying with my head face, or my I was facing the door, the front door. I was, um, behind me was the archway to the dining room and the kitchen. And I was sitting there just sobbing, 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 and crying. And I, just, I just sat there and I got quiet for a second. And about the time I got quiet, I heard footsteps. And these were no normal footsteps. These were not human footsteps of just walking in shoes down a hallway. These footsteps were those of bare feet dragging across a floor. We had tile floor in our in our kitchen. And there's a very specific sound when someone walks on tile floor, especially if they walk barefooted or drag their feet, you know, it's all like a yeah. sound, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a scooting sound. Um, and it, it, there's no one in the house. There's no one there. And I'm laying there and from behind me, I hear, and it gets louder and louder from the kitchen until I can feel it. It stops right at the archway walking into the living room and it stops. And at that moment, I felt the most agonizing, horrifying despair I've ever felt in my life. I was already in a bad way, already dealing with stuff, already uh, in a dark place. But when whatever that was set its gaze on me, I lost it. Um, I immediately my skin was crawling. I was terrified. My adrenaline was rushing. It was. I had a physical response to this thing. For one, it was terrified, and I was so scared to look back. I jumped off the couch, flew out the door, swung up the door, flew out the door, and ran and looked back, and there was nothing there. Um, needless to say, I don't know if that was the good Lord's way of <laughs> allowing something to scare me back to common sense if that makes sense Uh, maybe waking me up um because i can tell you one thing it was not a good thing like that whatever that was and like i said i don't know if it was demonic i don't know if it was just i I don't it was not a good thing it was not an angel it wasn't a peaceful comforting embrace thing it was um, I, i i wondered for a long time was it something dark trying to push me over the edge? Was it something dark saying, okay, I got him right where I want him. He's about to end it. 
now it's time to go ahead and finish the job mm. and and fulfill my destiny that I've been called to do. You know, whatever, whatever you want to believe with that kind of stuff to seek and destroy like Satan does. That was what I thought for a long time was whatever was there was there to try to push me into the darkness and, and go ahead and finish the job and achieve its goal. I was telling someone the story one time and they said maybe, you know, that that's a possibility, but maybe that was God allowing something dark like that to literally come around and scare the living dog out of you so that you would snap out of 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 the the haze, the the mindset. Maybe it would kind of bring bring awareness to what the situation and kind of get your mind off of things to what is around you. And I'd never thought about that. Um, and that was actually a pastor that told me that. Um, it was a uh, Cole Cole that was in our our first episode. He he's a pastor of a church and a and a a therapist, a spiritual therapist, stuff like that. So it was really fascinating hearing that take from it because I'd never considered that. I always thought it was just bad, bad, bad. I'm going to get him to shoot himself and that's going to be it. Story done. Boom. I did my job. Uh, I'm going to be able to have power to push him over the edge. But, you know, maybe Cole was right. Maybe Cole was right when he said that it was possibly God allowing this situation to unfold a little bit so that you would kind of wake up out of that horrible mindset and and because I will say this, like right when I jump up, or right when I jumped off the couch and sprint, I was praying, bro. I was praying, <laughs> yeah. like God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean, I was, I didn't mean to curse you. I'm so sorry, please. You know, like uh, in a matter of seconds, jumping off that couch like a cat and sprinting. I thought I was uh, praying, asking for getting all that stuff. So you know, like I don't know. I'll n- probably never know until uh, I meet the good Lord one day, God willing, and I'll be able to ask Him. You know, like. Was that you allowing something like that to happen? So I would wake the heck up and and not, you know, take my life that day. Um, and I said this doesn't have a happy ending. And that story, you know, it didn't end happy. I didn't get closure over anything, you know. Um, but I will say this: I'm still here. Uh, and after a long, you know, a, a long battle with that stuff, I received victory over it, and it doesn't bother me anymore. I have full control over it, and so I. I am really, really excited about that. It's a, a victorious story for me. And like I said, I know it's dark, um, probably too dark for some people's choice or some people's ears. So I apologize if it is, but that's just the reality of what I was going through at the time. So that's yeah, my well, two stories. Looking back, you haven't had that happen since, and uh, look where you are now. So whatever happened was according to plan somewhere possibly so, do and it makes perfect sense i would say so yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to agree with you because now i'm uh healthy uh a beautiful family beautiful life um you know, things are not what they were then and so if anything like you said maybe it was according to a plan somehow some way yeah. huh me that was that was yeah. uh that was fun not really but that was <laughs> yeah that was I, I remember, you know i'm um, of course, I, I, I've, I've, you know, I've always been aware of that day that you had and everything, but uh, that, uh, you know, who know, like I, I say this every story. Who knows? <laughs> um, that's a that's that's a that's a strong story. 
Well, I appreciate it, dude. And uh, like, like I said before, it, uh, you know, people don't let yourself get that. Don't let yourself get that close to the situation to where it comes to that. Uh, call that 988 number or seek help. There's no shame in that. Uh, I have zero shame in me seeking help all that stuff during that time because it did nothing but help me in a positive way and give me victory. So call that number, seek help, become a, a, a more stable and healthier human mentally and spiritually and all emotionally that you can live the best life possible. It is possible. It is possible to come through that stuff. I've done it, been there, done that. Got the piss scared out of me. So got that T-shirt. Reno, is there any closing <laughs> comments you want to say uh, before we – call it a day no um I, I don't know if this is this is probably our last uh, show of this type isn't it probably unless i get an influx of shows uh this week yes okay um we'll try to get some more uh we'll try to get some more spooky stuff in before uh, the holiday rolls around um but like i said before before um, before this last segment, I just want to appreciate everybody who called and everybody who took the time and um, all of our listeners and fellow content creators and everybody uh, for for making this uh, this little idea that we had a few a few weeks ago turn into such a big success as far as this show's concerned. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's really good feeling. Uh, appreciate you for going through all of the. Uh, all the hell <laughs> trying to, you know, I, I think you mentioned it before. Um, something, uh, something about sound guys, pay them what they're worth. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Because that I, I've just watched you struggle over, over this for, for weeks and uh, <laughs> better you than me, <laughs> but that's why, that's why you get paid more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I um, start setting up a Patreon. <laughs> And I can't stress it enough that that uh, that last story. As uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna think about that all day. That that was that was incredible, uh, very powerful. And I, I will say uh, from my side of the aisle, um, I've seen what happens when you uh, when you don't turn around, and it it helps nobody in the end. Um, you, so please, nine eight eight, the Holy Bible, whatever you got to do to get some help. <laughs> You know, do it. But uh, yeah, uh, fun, fun shows. It was, dude. Thank you to everyone uh, who's called in through the last three weeks, helping us with these episodes. Uh, this probably will be the last calling episode, unless, like I said, we get an influx of calls this week. And man, it's just been a blast. A blast. We knew we had something big for Halloween planned, and it has been better than I thought. Uh, thank you guys so much for your participation and your willingness to come out here, say your name and your experience, and just being real about your your firsthand experience with the unexplainable. And uh, thanks to Reno for, for always making time to come over and, and do this. Uh, we've, we've been able to do at least one episode a week, and schedules being as busy as they have been, it's been an honor doing this with him, so thank you, dude, and thank you for the appreciation of, of what goes into all this crap and stuff. But <laughs> most importantly, guys, thank you to the audience who has been faithful and called in with your stories, and we are looking forward to seeing you next time. We will get this going ASAP. We will see you soon. <laughs>